0: your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only.
1: Exclusions apply. We're here in the Damian Abraham compound. It's John Pollock waiting. It's our second round table. And we're
2: literally around a round Stool. Mm-hmm. The round stool. Mm-hmm. As if they don't have too much on their plate. Here's the Kings of Podcast Sports, John and Way. And here's Damien, their friend, to help their waste the day. <laughs> Beautiful. I didn't even yeah, know all wow, the lyrics we, to that, to be we, quite honest. I love those lyrics. I was trying to get them down last time I listened to it. Yeah, That's we, like an amazing theme. It is fantastic. The identity crisis. It right is. There. They, are, yeah. they can write a song. He'd be very happy to hear you say that. Well, actually. my hat's off. That is one of the few themes in life that I don't skip after hearing it. Yeah. Thousands of times. We just got a cover from Fucked Up of our Smackdown theme song. There you go. <laughs> Yo, know, let me do a real one. Yeah. I just got to convince my band to like wrestling first. Wow. It cost right. us a bottle of Jack Daniels for really? the, that theme
1: song, correct way? Uh I mean, he would have done it for free.
2: Like, he's just a cool guy. Yeah, but we so. insisted. Yeah. I would say my favorite themes in wrestling are... Uh, Keith Lee's where he raps about himself and does a song about himself. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then I'm going to say Matt Riddle when he does a regular entrance and you get all the bro chants. Pentas One uh-huh. and then SmackDown. Wow. You guys, that's good. Not SmackDown. Oh, I thought you were going to No, ent- not, not actually SmackDown. What is that theme now? Like Papa Roach or something? Papa Roach is on Raw now. Yeah, Raw. <laughs> Everything comes full circle. We'll get a new saliva SmackDown theme yeah. <laughs> in, in no time flat. The, WWE's lucky that the 90s have become so popular again. <laughs> you know, they're just like, oh, we never had to leave this milieu.
1: It's funny that we're now coming up on, it's now 20 years since the whole Austin-Tyson deal. Like 20 years ago. And that still seems to be a time period that is so fixated on, as this this period of WWE nostalgia and attention mm-hmm. and from the audience as well. I think there's a massive amount of the audience that has never left that time period,
2: which is funny. Cause I would say that we're in, this is the best period to be a professional wrestling fan mm-hmm. ever. It's very different though.
0: Like I, I would say like that era kind of appealed more to like a broader, um, I guess audience in, in like a more superficial way. Mm-hmm. I feel like what's great about wrestling now is like a lot nerdier and a lot more kind of like, um, it, you, you kind of have to like dig in a lot more to find like some really cool, like, uh, just international stuff, uh, stuff that maybe requires a bit more thought than just, you know, um, maybe the attitude era stuff.
2: Well, it's like the main product like the the WWE product, I, I would not say that that's the best it's ever been. Like there's obviously some of the, probably the most talented.
1: I roster. I have just been watching the battle at Royal Albert Hall. Yeah, I will never complain about another Roman Reigns <laughs> Sheamus pairing again. After yeah. watching the Texas Tornado. Uh, have a match with the Mountie, or watching <laughs> Earthquake and Big Boss Man go 16 minutes. The pro- the product. There is not even a question uh, that it's it's the best it's ever been yeah. in the WWE.
2: Yeah, that's true, and you're right. And like that's the thing. Through you guys doing the review show, you realize how much of that is just nostalgia that people look back on that time and were like, it was amazing. There was so mm. much great stuff happening. It's like when you go back and sit down and try and watch it. There was some cool stuff when you're watching at that time though like was the goal to have five star matches it's the,
1: the audience the audience's appetite has definitely changed, I think that goes to your point exactly that you're hitting more of that educated fan base a more more hardcore fan base that covets that mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah, you know, we can go back and we can criticize the Attitude Era and matches at that time, but that was not necessarily the, the metric of which the show was being judged upon. Mm-hmm. That, they were doing tremendous viewership based off of these characters, and that product worked for that time. And you've got to adjust your product to the audience that's consuming it. Now it's more of an audience
2: that does appreciate that. Yeah, I know I'm not representative of the whole audience, but I remember watching it back then being like, Yeah, I like this, but I know there's something more. That there's, this isn't what I like. Like, I like this, but this isn't the version I like during the Attitude Era. Whereas now I'm like, oh, this is what I wanted back then. And then I think when I saw, like, you know, when I got to see, like, Hayabusa and FMW, and I got to see, like, you know, like, like some of this more, like, I was working with this guy that, you know, once again, Dan knows as well, Glenn Salter, who I really have to give a lot of credit for turning me on to real, real cool wrestling stuff. He had a tape collection. They would bring in these tapes and put them on at the video store we worked at, and I would get to see, like, oh, this is what I wanted. Like, I knew I liked this, but, you know, this is what I actually wanted.
1: What was your go-to? When, when did you start kind of grabbing tapes and... 2000.
2: Yeah. And was it uh, the RF video route? Where were you going for tapes? FMW DVDs. So that's 2001, right? Two 2000- thousand. Yep. You worked at Suspect. I worked at Suspect, but even before I worked at Suspect, I would just buy these FMW DVDs, and it was like... I think it was the, I think it was Yokohama Deathmatch, or Yokohama, is it Deathmatch? Is that his name? I think we reviewed it. One of Mouth's tapes. Yeah, one of Mouth's tapes, and it had, and, and it had, it had Mick Foley on it, and it was just like... And complete, or maybe it had Terry Funk or Sabu. Someone yeah, like one of those explosions. Yeah. And I was just like, well, they had the
1: one where it was the they promoted it as the Yokohama Deathmatch, yeah, the Yokohama- and people confused it with the IWA tournament yes. that was much more popular, yes. involving Terry Funk Terry- and Cactus Jack, and you had Cactus Jack on the cover of it,
2: yeah. And I um, think Cactus only did one FMW show, which is yeah. that Yokohama Deathmatch mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that was like where I got, it. and then it was also because I got to see Hayabusa on there, and I got to see mm-hmm. like, oh, they have this other type of wrestling. It's not just like. Which Hayabusa was such a, I mean, that was just a great character
1: wrestler for tape trading mm-hmm. that you would go seek out. He's somebody who I, I would still consider
0: to be highly influential today. If mm-hmm. you look at so much of the current crop of guys, like, I have no doubt Seth Rollins is a Hayabusa fan. See oh, yeah. his offense, uh, yeah, it just kind of goes to show you, like, uh, all those tape traders, I mean, there are probably a lot more of the,
2: of them than we probably all thought. I think it's also like and I was. I I talked about this the other day with uh, with. This guy, uh, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I talked about it with someone in the wrestling industry. Look at hey, it's no, it's no, it. no confidential. Abraham no, no, here. no, no. Oh, no, no. So I'm not. I'm not that. I don't Sorry. want to get. Called it was, that it was an off the record discussion. I don't want, no, about no, no, tape it trading. wasn't. Oh no, no, it wasn't that. It's just I don't want to get like oh you dropped something there, Damien. Oh okay. I know I've got my. We all have Robbie our John Pollock thrack. In fact, no, it wasn't Robbie. Ooh. It wasn't Robbie. It was, it was Brody King. I had Brody King on my podcast, and I, oh, there, I got a plug in there, too. Who's uh, doing PWG Friday night? Here. I know. Just, uh, just replaced Matt Seidel. And an amazing hardcore singer, too, in, a, in a God's Hate. So, really someone that... God's Hate. All, God's Hate. Great band. Uh, knows you, a shit ton uh, about hardcore. I wouldn't have thought of them that being a hardcore band. Do you know, yeah. who, do you know
1: who's going God's to uh, PWG on Friday night? Mike Mike Bond. Wow. Yeah, he's going down to L.A. for the NBA All-Star Weekend, and cool. him and Mark Ramondi are going to PWG on Friday night. That's, that's it, my name drop there. Well, there you yeah, go. The yeah. cool. We
2: were all talking to famous people this week. But uh, I was talking to Brody, and I'm like, this is the generation where you have um, you have wrestlers that were fans of wrestling. Like, This isn't the yeah. generation of like, oh, I was, a, I was a football player, and I got an injury, and I had mm-hmm. to figure something else out. This is like kids, kids that are now adults that grew up watching Hayabusa tapes, like grew up aware of international wrestling. I think
1: we're almost at the second generation of that because you had your your edges and Christians and even your, you know, somewhat like that level of guys that were aware of the 80s, 90s Japanese scene that were incorporating that kind of a stuff. And now we graduate to guys that have gotten into the business over the last five years. Think of all the stuff they've been growing up on. We're talking about the internet generation. Exactly. Exactly. The Rey Mysterio generation. Like, that were growing up
2: watching Ring of Honor. Seth Rollins was watching Ring of Honor as a teenager. And as a kid, his first exposure to wrestling would have been Rey Mysterio. When Rey Mysterio was like, you know, like, there's a whole generation of people that didn't get to see Lucha. You know, and then it was like, on your TV. You know, Mm -hmm. WCW, for all its faults, definitely... Was my first exposure to all that stuff, and I think most people, I imagine, I don't know, probably your guys' first exposure too. Like you know, seeing the cruiserweight, seeing, seeing you know, lucha guys coming up, Ray, psychosis. Like. My first tape I ever bought was the Super Jacob.
1: Yeah, I ordered the, I ordered the '95 Jacob, which was the second year, and they alerted me that uh, since you have ordered this release, uh, we have since split this uh, Jacob into two parts, and you. <laughs> And yet, they they were essentially trying to get me to buy a second VHS when I had just purchased like the full oh. thing. And it was like a $30 they, tape. Anyway, too. I was able to get the one tape where they put it the, all fits onto one tape. It's like you're telling me this is just a clear <laughs> cash grab for you to split this very popular tape into two instead of one, but I got it. But then I had to buy the 94 J Cup in two parts.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, early know, 2000 problems. That's why I think wrestling fans now. That's why I think wrestling is, is such a coveted marketplace now for people because wrestling fans are used to paying for stuff. Like, it's, it's, no, mm-hmm. it's no big deal to pay 30 to, now, what was it at the end, $60 a month to watch a pay-per-view because that's what you do as a fan. Mm-hmm.
1: Which, following any other sport, you're totally conditioned to. You get uh, the from the very first game of the season to the championship. It's mm-hmm. free and yeah. accessible. Yep. And wrestling, boxing fans, MMA fans, they've always grown up knowing the most premium content is yeah. behind a paywall. Wrestling's
0: mm-hmm. kind of like in that nice little kind of cross-section between sports and art where, as a sporting event, you have to see it. It's video. It's usually... um a uh, lengthy but it's got incredible replay value to it compared to you know like a football game mm-hmm. or a baseball game mm-hmm. where like you want to collect it you want to collect this entire event you want to collect this guy's series of matches like an artist uh, like a band and, and their um catalog so in that sense it has a lot going for it uh in in like the modern age where piracy is kind of affecting almost everything where how many streaming services do you
1: subscribe to if any
2: uh two ddt world and uh wwe interesting um i i i get my i just last on new japan i gotta get back on that because obviously that's a great service um i want to get i want to get the evolve one because i really love the evolve product like i i think but i, I think R1 with the is great too I wanna with, with
1: wwn i feel like i understand why they have the setup that they they currently have like with Flow Slam, I just feel the Flow Slam deal, it introduced you where all the pay-per-views were included. Mm -hmm. And I think today's fan, they expect that I sign up for a streaming service, I'm paying money, I'm going to get everything. With the WWN model, you can sign up for this service, but the pay-per-views are in addition to, or you have to wait two weeks for, which to me is, that's a killer if you want to watch Evolve 100 this weekend. But you either pay the amount for it, or you wait two weeks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we've already kind of the toothpaste is out of the tube now Mm -hmm. where that's kind of the expectation level that I think it's going to be tough for people to, when there's so many options that here I'm, I have an additional hurdle to follow your most important events.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as you say, WWE has set the, the template that pay-per-views are included and that's why you pay for these services. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I think you need to, you know, and maybe that'll be something that adjusts over time, but you know, there's a lot of, that's the other problem you have now is there's so much great content out there you know like we've
1: gone from an era where tape trading it was like you would have to wait weeks to get a show and now everything's at your disposal it's very hard to find a big show that you cannot access either live or within 48 hours which is incredible now you're now you're overwhelmed with content It's,
2: it's the netflix effect where you have so much that you have to pick and choose i think that's the it's and it's also like it's so good you know it's not like where before you had to tape trade because the product you were witnessing on domestic television wasn't what you could get. Now you do have, you know, not at the same level, arguably, as some of the stuff in Japan that's happening, but you do have, like, five-star matches, quote-unquote, happening in WWE on a semi-regular basis or quasi-semi-regular basis, mm-hmm. one a couple weeks ago.
1: I think that um, the Ring of Honor one's going to be really interesting. Me and way have talked about this, of how I think there are... I don't think t- super late to the game, but you have so many services out there now mm-hmm. where fans have their their monthly payments all allotted. That you're now introducing another one into the mix, and I think the most interesting part is how they handle their library, which I know in your collection, uh, Damien, <laughs> There's you, a couple of there's you, a couple of DVDs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as someone that has bought a lot of uh, older ROH stuff, you yeah. have them on DVD. Yeah. Do you, is this appealing to you, that kind of 2000s yeah, like, what do we, era of Ring of Honor? This
2: room would, like, rooms like this won't exist. No, anymore. rooms like this don't exist anymore. Yeah. Like, rooms like I have downstairs and here don't exist. But, like, this is a room we're in that is just
1: thousands of vinyl, cassettes, <laughs> buttons. CDs. You're right. Jeez. It's kind of depressing that, you know, 25 years <laughs> from now, the Damian Abraham of the future, uh... Young Holden is not going to. Did we, did maybe we establish have a,
0: that we are in Damien's house right now? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, we are. We're in uh, Casa de Abraham here. I
2: think there. we did. You said that off the top. Oh, you did. Sorry. Yeah, but I think uh... I set the scene to the scene you did but But you you really need to sell it it properly
1: like he's got a copy of wwf no mercy for n64 He gave that to me i i would argue that there
0: are people that are probably like there are probably going to be more people like damien out there now than ever because people have so much access to all this stuff but physically there are like this stuff won't be made as much anymore and the 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 bar of entry for collecting it is probably going to be a lot higher oh god yeah like i
2: couldn't You know, much like property right now, like, you know, as much as there's no way I could afford the house I'm in, if I tried to get into it now, mm-hmm. I couldn't afford this collection. Like, yeah. a lot of these records, like, I've been buying for 20-plus years now, you know, 25 years of, like, some of these records. And so, I got stuff at a time when you could still get it affordably. I think right now, the thing that is amazing to me is how undervalued wrestling merchandise is. Undervalued. And, yeah, undervalued. Like, you see it now, it's starting to happen. And it's happening, of course, first with WWE merchandise. You have Instagram accounts that just flip vintage WWE gear, and it's showing up on Rosenberg and all these people. Yeah. And it's kind of like that collector world is starting. But when you go to Japan, like Way and I, when we were in Totokon, and you look and you're like, there's Ricky Dozan's passport, and it's quasi affordable
0: it's but that's also japan too where like everybody keeps everything in pristine condition yeah and and is the demand still that high for somebody
2: something like that i think if we're gonna see wrestling ascend to the to the art form you know where it's i think we're in a transition period for pro wrestling where Mm -hmm. we're seeing it finally shift away from the idea of sport like obviously not to undersell the physicality because there's a it's the most physical it's art. A, it's, a, it's in that cross-section. Yeah, but I think I think we're now seeing it understood as an art form. So, like, people aren't necessarily trying to have their... They still want their beliefs suspended, but I don't think they want to, you know, f- believe that it's real. They want to know how... It, they don't want to know how it's done, but they want to kind of, like, understand that it's performance. And they people want that. Fans want that. That's why these podcasts are so popular, because people want to see behind the scenes. And I think that you see that in entertainment. Like why are gossip magazines so popular? It's because people love the stars in their roles, but they also want to know what happens behind the scenes too. And so I think we're seeing wrestling as this art form. And as it ascends as an art form, I think all these artifacts, like all these incredibly important historical artifacts like Ricky yeah. Dozan's passport, that's priceless. Like that's not ten what was it, fifteen thousand dollars? Like I think that's something like it. that is to me, like that's a very important person, not just in wrestling, but yeah. in all cultural history. Like, do you think hard. there's
1: a do you think there's a market for deathmatch schematics? I hope so because I've got a couple as you saw downstairs. Yeah. I think all that stuff. I love that's that. the coolest thing you have. I think that I, I think I like
2: about that's high praise that's, given that's, given, that's, given, given what you got. You're right. You're right. Yeah,
1: that the, cool. it, it, the schematics are second to <laughs> Damien Legit has a barbed wire bat that <laughs> is autographed lo- by Atsushi Onita. Yeah, and. You brought this back from Japan. I don't know how you got this across international borders, but here here it lies. Locked (laughs) up uh, because you do have children, that you don't want accessing a barbed wire bat. Very responsible uh, deathmatch consumer.
2: I I think I can be honest here because there's no way my wife will ever hear this, but she was legit. Very mad at me when I brought that home. Oh, I could imagine. <laughs> She's like, yeah. we have fucking kids. And I yeah. showed her two in Japan, but I guess it They all really- run to
1: hug daddy, and then he's like, guess what I brought home? <laughs> oh,
2: they were stoked. <laughs> when I busted that
1: out, they're like, what? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it <laughs> looks incredible. What were
0: her... Like, how did you convince her that you you could hang this thing up. Like, the, were the locks,
2: like the key? The lock was definitely yeah. a key. But that was my suggestion. I was just like, I'm going to get it away from the kid. She's like, you got to get it fucking away. <laughs> so all that's missing
1: I is, uh, I want to grab it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I want to uh, grab it too. This, this is begging for a doormat right underneath
1: that reads, I don't call 911. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking earlier, like, if you ever had an intruder in the house, like, my God, did you pick the wrong home? <laughs> well, it's amazing
2: how this thing now... How, how 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 long do you think this would take to to access this if you needed it for self-defense? Oh, like, two oh, minutes. Please. I got the keys. I know where the keys are. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... But actually, it's amazing how since then, this thing is... It's no longer a deathmatch thing. This is the Walking Dead bat. You're right. It's, and it's mainstream now. Onita was like, when I handed this a sign, he's like, ugh... Walking Dead. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you heard about that American show? He's like, yeah, I heard they stole my idea. And I'm
0: like, <laughs> was he the first?
2: Was well, he the originator of the barbed wire bat? I, I actually, I'm not a historian enough to know. Like, oh. I'm sure there's someone in Memphis that would probably be, right. you know, during kind of, his days as a politician during
1: an orgy. I'm sure he, uh, <laughs> someone came up with this.
2: But I think he's, this style of bat is definitely, this is the FMW style where, mm. like, the, you know, it's like a wrap with barbed wire the whole way down you know it's it's, beautiful it's definitely it's a piece of aesthetic and it was amazing i saw the first time we were in japan filming Mm -hmm. and i was like wow it would be amazing to own this and then we go back to japan and i end up owning you managed to acquire this i was actually there the day that
1: you were handed this yes that by your crew yes yeah it was
2: like a, a thank you yeah amazing gift
1: wow uh Just getting back to kind of this whole market because it's yes. made me think of – uh with WrestleMania week coming up, I'm going through all the events right now to put like a big kind of master list up on our site of just all the shows that are going on and it's incredible as I'm going through all these shows and how like everyone – like, they're all selling pretty well. Yeah. Like, all the key ones you would expect, it's like, you know, first three rows are sold out. It's like, for, for Joey Janela's Spring Break, for instance, it's like, only general admission is left. And the floor, for all these major shows, it's like, 25 bucks is the floor. Yeah. The, I think the best value is actually, if you want just a show that you could probably get into without too much issue, 10 bucks to go to Style Battle on the Saturday, I believe, with Keith Lee against your Wrestler of the Year, Nick Gage in the main event. That would be amazing. $10 for a WrestleMania week show with a Keith Lee on it. That's a, that's a steal because these companies are making unbelievable money at this new Orleans week.
2: It's it's if WWE had been smart a couple years ago, they would have looked at this and been like, you know what? Let's be South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. Let's have some sort of package pass that people can hop around to these shows. Let's bring all these people in Mm -hmm. and let's make this, let's, let's make some real money. Yeah. Um because that's what this they're weekend, not doing too poorly that way. No, they're doing themselves. pretty good. They're and okay. I imagine they're stretched a little thin. But but I mean like this has become South by Southwest. And like to me And now you
1: got I, WrestleCon and WWN yeah. that's like these competing conventions that have like that all access pass yeah. to it's like two hundred dollars for uh I think the WrestleCon one is two hundred dollars. Um WWN's it's like two hundred dollars and you get general admission to every show.
2: And I would I would say that to me. If I was going down this year, because now, unfortunately, sadly, looks like I'm not. That to me is what I want to go to. I want to go to NXT because that's going to be an amazing show. I want to go to ROH, but I might They're as well head, be, to head though. But I know, but that's yeah. that would be the decision. Gotta make choices. I might as well just, but I would just be willing to spend that much money and go to like WrestleCon or WWN and get to see an incredible range of shows. Mm-hmm. And I have no interest in going to me. Like, I know what Mania is going to be. I would imagine there's a
1: lot of people like you that are going to go, that are going to spend their $200. Maybe they're going to spend more, stay in one place. Because I think if you're dropping that much, you want to see as many shows under that one yeah. roof as possible. That it kind of... Because it's makes, kind of a drive, too.
2: I, I don't know thoughts.
1: if you're going to do WrestleCon and uh WWN's conventions and shows. There are people that do. Yeah, there's there's ones that will... It's I would the, the one play. negative this year is that it's... The two conventions are like twenty five minutes apart.
2: It was kind of like that last year, though, at, in Orlando. Where I remember, like uh, the WWN was that kind of big building way out of town, and then uh, 20, WrestleCon was it. Twenty five minutes isn't that bad. It depends what traffic's is like. On,
1: yeah. if this, Orlando, or, Orlando was, was brutal because twenty five minutes on Google Maps was really an hour. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, you're mm-hmm. right. As I recall now, the uh, the distance involved. but yeah. are, are we getting to the
0: point where? A weekend like this could occur without the WWE being involved at all.
2: I still think you need that. And it's funny, like, I just, this, this weekend is so undervalued by outside companies still, but you have 200,000 people coming into a city or a hundred some odd plus. No, I think it's 200,000. They said, um, you know, half of them are going to go to the WrestleMania, but there's still a hundred thousand people that aren't going to WrestleMania that are coming to this town. Mm-hmm. So they're doing something like a South by Southwest, for instance. I mean, you yeah. know,
1: the guinea pig would be the all-in show to me. Yeah, because that's that to me is a traveling show. Because as much as Bola is going to attract people, it's such a small amount. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. three hundred people. That if you're lucky, you can get it. Oh, well, maybe a bit more than three hundred. But, but, like, but, but if you open that thing up, like that is a headline marquee event. That if I'm doing if people if, coming in for if I'm a competing promoter. I'm totally looking to piggyback off of all in because yeah. what are people doing the night before? Yeah. I think they'd be very smart, the elite mm. and all of
0: them, to do a convention. What about the timing of that show as well is sort of like in a in a period that's far away from WrestleMania. Yeah. What
2: about what about our uh, that weekend two weeks ago where you went to Santino's show and I went to Smash. Kind of Toronto, yeah. And then there was also... Alpha One had a show in Alpha Hamilton. Alpha One had a show in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And then there was also that other show that mm-hmm. same night, too. I think there was four shows, right? Yeah. If the Rumble wasn't so close to Mania, I would say the Rumble... Like, if the Rumble took
0: place uh, in the same time period as SummerSlam, which for previous in previous years has kind of been a bit of a letdown, um, I would say that that could be another major weekend for... I
2: think SummerSlam this year is going to be a big weekend. I think I think... I have a feeling it's in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. It's a huge media market.
0: It's contingent on like the WWE's card, though. You know, it's, it's yeah. And, and SummerSlam is just never, uh,
1: not even a, a half a level of WrestleMania. Yeah, most, I, I think that the the Long Beach success yeah. for this show has told you that there's a market for this. Fans will travel. They will spend lots of money and. Even if it's in proximity to WrestleMania, which to me was shocking Mm -hmm. that they did so well. I'm not stunned they sold out. I am stunned they sold out so quickly. Yeah, was it 20 minutes? 20 minutes they were done. And yeah, I I heard from a person in New Japan was like, yeah, 47, just over 4,700 tickets that they sold in that time period. And that to me is telling that I don't know what the ceiling is of what New Japan can do given a, a bigger arena, but there's certainly... To me, I'd be very bullish on how much money wrestling fans are willing to spend because that, to me, is a bubble that has not shown any ill effects to price increases. It's why I feel the network could be either tiered or made into a higher price point because you might not be significantly growing your audience in numbers, but the amount that they are willing to spend seems to be nearly unlimited.
2: Yeah, I think. I think well, but yeah, that's like, am I crazy. like what? It's l- not, but yeah. Look I at all
1: these shows that are going to do. We, gang have, we have haven't reached the limit yet. That's for sure. I
2: think there is a psychological ceiling that you can't go above Netflix. What Netflix is charging for your streaming service as as like as trying to be a popular streaming service? Like, obviously, if you're niche, you can price your thing like you're saying anywhere. I think WWE because they're trying to get. Do you think they were too scared of that net that Netflix
1: theory? Because as absolutely. you said, like wrestling fans were conditioned to buy pay per views every month. Yeah, and. I think they're more – they would have been willing that if you came out with a 1495 service, I don't think numbers would have been drastically off from what they ended up being.
2: But I think now – like you said, you can't put that toothpaste back in. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. There's just certain things you can't undo and like, mm-hmm. or you can, it just takes a long time. Like it would have to, it would yeah. take, a, they'd have a Even drop-off.
0: a dollar increase, I think, is going to be tough for a period. Yeah. You know, but people, yeah. people like, if they made a 10.99, no one's really well, going to think that differently. And that's really.
2: like the one missing piece, I think, of this wrestling boom we're in right now is that major competing North American product. Like the fact that you don't have A number two that so if WWE does do price increases, product inferiority becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. People can jump to the other product, and I think you don't have that right now. So you don't really have like Ring of Honor could be that that brand. I think New Japan is that right now. It is, but I think New Japan being from Japan, like it's it's a far smaller, yeah, smaller. But I think if if you. There is room for that American brand, you know? Like, there is that room for that company
1: that... It's the first time since WCW that a company can come into the U.S. and run a major U.S. arena that New Japan can do now.
2: A Japanese company with no advertising and, like, barely a TV presence in this country, in in that country.
0: Do you you see any kind of, um, you know, analogies uh in music yeah. where like bands without any promotion on this side of the world or anywhere, like it's like an indie band all yeah. of a sudden selling out a stadium. Like well, Atlas Moth
2: like coming in and <laughs> selling 10,000 seats. Arcade Fire, you know, but this is actually it's more to up. me, this is more, no well, believe me, never got that big. It, this is like 1991 in music. This right. is like for rock and roll. This is like Nirvana exploding where you have so much talent on the underground that it's just going to turn this industry upside down and mm-hmm. I think The fans want this other thing, and WWE has reacted. That's why you have NXT. That's why you have 205. That's why you've got progress and evolve kind of like in that fold a little bit. But you're Mm -hmm. seeing that like this major shift happening, and it's it's kind of like it's funny because when punk happened, it was the means of production were finally in the hands of the artist when it came to being music. You could start your own label. You could have a tape Label, you could be dubbing tapes at your house. Yeah. You can make your own zines, so you controlled your own media. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's finally happened in wrestling because, like, the the company was able to make you a star, and you needed mm-hmm. the company to make you the star. Mm-hmm. But now, because of social media, the means of star making are in the hands of the artists, are in the hands yeah. of the wrestlers, so they can control their own fate. Yeah, well, on a much smaller scale, like we're we're experiencing yeah. that right now. You know,
0: coming out and doing this thing on our own. the The, the means are certainly there for anybody. If you have the audience to come out and be, take control of your own production. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like looking ahead. But that yeah. wouldn't have existed. What? Like Absolutely when,
2: when, not. when mouth was doing it back in the day and uh yeah. when they were doing it, was it on college like, radio, or, or what it was, was on, it? What was it iceberg? I used to see him on oh. iceberg all the time. Like back in the clearly Canadian, I think it was called virtually, virtually Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. Then it became the iceberg afterwards. Oh. But okay. like, you know, like you couldn't, have the ability that you guys have now mm-hmm. to like reach your audience directly, like where you're actually putting this together. You no. needed someone to kind of control that for you. Yeah. So you're right. Like this is the it's, independent it's, media's it's time to
1: DIY era. Yeah. And I think oh. that goes to, yes, WWE could have capitalized 10 years ago and tried to work with all these other companies in some way to be yourself by Southwest. Mm-hmm. However, I think these promotions, they're giving up some of that, that, that independence that when you are attached to the monster, it's like, look at PWG. It's their business is always analyzed of man. What are they leaving on the table? But what they are gaining back is to me, the most important kind of currency. And that is relevance with your product, uh, credibility, urgency when it comes to tickets going on sale. Like I can imagine you were in a position like you guys are probably in your band's history have many times had that discussion of how much bigger do we grow this while still satisfying our base and providing the the philosophy that this yeah. band started with do you want to do a stadium show
2: well that's the thing like
1: like you're a different band well, when yeah. you're playing the amphitheater as opposed to uh gorilla monsoons
2: yeah well, it, well that's and it's and it's just like that in wrestling too like you have these guys now... It's I'm mixing like, that up with the Rivoli, which the is Rivoli. next door. Yeah. Anyway, But are you have guys like... The former Gorilla Monsoons. You have guys who are like, um, you know, on the independent level, like a Kenny Omega, who's like, well, I've got my art. You know, I'm making this amazing storyline right now that might be the most progressive, interesting storyline ever in professional wrestling, mm-hmm. and I can control it. Uh Do I want to give that up for the prospect of maybe making, you know... Yeah. Eight figures or six figures or whatever they, whatever the high, seven figures, I guess is the average the high end makes. And how long that lasts? How long does that last? How, and, yeah. and your body's fucked.
1: Like for AJ Styles made perfect sense for him. I think yeah. at that time period to go to the WWE and he was a success story going there. He may not have been. There was that risk, he's but also, he's also got a family. He's got a family. Yeah. He's 40 years old now. Kenny Omega, I think WWE will always be there for him yeah. when he needs it. But going there now is that. Yeah, you may have nice guarantee going in, but maybe it doesn't work. Versus this time where yeah. you can, re- like, some people taking a step back, like a Cody Rhodes, he's taken that many more forward yeah. as a result. Every guy is going to be different, but to me, yeah. you don't want to kind of jeopardize your relevancy with your audience. I, I think for somebody like Kenny, if if he ever at this point in his career were to
0: make the shift to the WWE, it would be an attempt to. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs>
1: I'm just watching this thing, nice. It would be an attempt... So the barbed wire bat just fell down. <laughs> it's got quite a smell to We it are yourself. on video for... It's oh no, okay. We we go get on, the-
2: oh, no, I'm smoking weed on camera! Get the camera off!
0: <laughs> <laughs> for somebody like Kenny, though, I feel this conversation's like... conversation's <laughs> about to get really deep.
2: Dude, this conversation's been on this level the whole time, John. I'm but, always there, dude. But for
0: Kenny and, and Kota Ibushi, like, for for them to make that trans- transition to the WWE, it would be the fantasy of taking their vision of professional wrestling to the
2: biggest stage. Yeah, and, and anyone that's been signed to a major label as a band mm-hmm. knows that it never fucking happens that right. way. And so that's why Fugazi, in music, is perfect. Like, that's why they're the, the, the standard which we all are held to, because they never went for that money. And that's why you have people mm-hmm. like Koto Ibushi now in wrestling who are a standard that other people are held yeah. to.
0: The thing is, though, okay, if you are Fugazi, mm. you certainly retain a great deal of... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You retain a great deal of, I think, uh, a credibility with the people that know you. But... Wait for this.
1: I feel it's rude to speak <laughs> over top of them. <laughs> what, is man? what is that? What is that muffler?
2: This is a... <clears throat> this is called a Smoke Buddy. Oh. And it's a CO two filter, and it gets rid of about sixty percent of the smoke. Oh, that's good. Um, so it's healthy. Well, it's for you. No, oh, so it's, it's for me. Not for oh, me. that's very... no. I want more smoke. If this could give me sixty percent more smoke, I'd be getting that. Oh, okay. No, this is. Uh, but this is for you guys. Apparently, it was invented by Three Eleven, the band. Oh, no way. Right? Yeah, wow. that's a rumor that they own the patent on it. But it's from nice a gas thing. mask. This would be. That's
1: like, like Gene Simmons owning the uh, the patent on the money signs on a on the on a when you see a money bag mm-hmm. with the sign on it.
2: <laughs> he owns that patent.
1: He actually has the patent to it. So, oh if you ever seen gosh. money bags, it's because Gene Simmons has, an, at least, uh, as last I, unless something has changed over the years, he had the patent for it. So. This isn't just, or the, the trademark, whatever the, uh, the legal definition of what he has. That's, so, uh,
0: sorry, go on. Sorry, sorry, no, please. No,
2: no, I was just going to go into a whole separate discussion about wrestling trademarks and guys that are able to hold on to their name. Go for that. it. How, well, I just yeah. think it's like, that's going to be something that's going to be really interesting to see in this era because it's not like before we're... You know, you came to the WWE. Oh, it was like this with CM Punk too, where you came to the WWE and you would, your brand had achieved a certain level because of your hard work. And then all of a sudden you have to surrender that brand. And, you know, or if they buy that brand from you and you can't take that brand when you leave, that's going to become more and more of an issue because. It's not like you can just show up in WCW now and they give you a new name or you start going under your real name and yeah. you've got your run. It's almost, but it, uh, the, the, the fact that
0: they're, they're not doing that anymore tells me that they see that there's value in promoting a guy under the name that they got famous in. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Yeah. Like ch- taking a, again, this is maybe a, a, you know, but like changing a, I'm trying to think who's the last person they changed. Like even a- Chris- Ruby Riot. I mean, she hardly was that famous. Chris Hero. Say, before. Yeah, Chris Hero, like Hideo Itami. But, like, you look at Asuka, it doesn't matter, you know? But it's taking changing Shinsuke Nakamura's name, I wonder how much that would have affected it, uh, his, his star power. But look at Finn Balor. Like, it didn't matter. But I would yeah. say he's probably a guy who wasn't that
2: popular maybe the stateside before. And also, like, Prince Devitt is, like, a hard name to... Get over, I think, in to people that don't know him. Well, Finn I mean, Balor is way
0: tougher, I would say. Don't, yeah, you're
2: right. Finn Balor is definitely a, yeah, a weird name. It doesn't matter. And I, maybe that's why he hasn't connected yet in the uh, way he should. Because, like, he is. I don't think the name has anything to do I with it. I think it's, that. I think the whole thing is the name the, the, is part of the package. Like, yo, know, that demon was cool when it was in New Japan and he would just show up with this crazy ass body paint for a major show. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. With this, like, fake dreadlock, pseudo-predator, split-personality thing that they're doing here. Like, that's... Like, he was awesome because he was cool. And when you watched him in New Japan, you're like him and Carl Anderson. You're like, they're dicks, but they're kind of cool. And now it's just like... I don't think they... I think they sometimes... D- you know, and this happens everywhere, but it's just the DNA gets lost when you get to a corporation. See,
0: back then, it was just a caution. It was just a yeah, look. Yeah, Now, they're trying to turn it into a story and yeah. a
2: character. And I, you can argue that
0: you have to. Under the WWE's storytelling system, you kind of need an explanation for something like that.
2: I think the best idea I've ever heard, I think it was you guys, had the world. Idea that you turn one of these shows into the Matt Hardy, I think it was yours. Matt Hardy Super Dimension, where you have like Finn Balor as this guy that can transform, mm. and you have Bray Wyatt, and you have all the dumb Those, characters yeah. that come up the not dumb, the dumb characters because they're amazing performers, but all the characters that come up the works yeah. together.
0: Elseworlds is from the comics, comics like, yeah. exactly, exactly what they do there. Yeah, where like you have a line for like either mature readers or, or maybe childish readers. That's completely separate, non-canon.
2: It's weird how it works in Japan. You know, like, you look at a company like DDT, the top in the card, you got, uh, Takeshida and Endo and like these, and like legit pride people, like, and these like fighters, mm-hmm. and they're putting on these grueling, grueling Japanese main events. But then on the undercard, you've got like Joey Ryan. And, well, Dino's a main eventer there, but you have Joey Ryan and Dino doing dick flips. and You need an audience that
0: that can accept it, though, you know? Like, I would say, like, somebody who watches DDT are probably at the level where, like, they can accept all this stuff because they understand, at the end, this is all, you know, everybody's... uh, You have to be open-minded enough to basically accept it. And I don't know if your typical WWE SmackDown audience, for instance, can
1: grasp it. Do you feel some of it, as well, is... And it's not the entire audience, but I think it's a significant portion of it that views this show as not only being the giant gorilla in the industry that's making $800 in revenue, but it's also when I'm watching these characters on the main roster and I'm watching these different stories, I'm hearing them through a 72-year-old man Mm -hmm. that I feel that there's a large portion of people that feel is not communicating with his core audience anymore. Mm -hmm. And you contrast that to Paul Levesque, where his presentation, I think that audience does accept. And when you see a show like Being the Elite, you feel these are performers that are speaking to their audience and connecting with them. (laughs) And even Finn Balor doing... I don't think there's much difference between his demon entrances there and in WWE, but the tone and way they're accepted, I think, are. Like him coming out of a, of a casket box at a New Japan show. I think you transport that and that happens at SummerSlam. I think people groan at that, maybe. One yeah. seems just way more commercial, you know. And, one, and that's inherently going to be in the WWE DNA yes. is that they are commercial. They are targeting the broadest amount of people. And it's also a reason why NXT as a, If that was an independent company with all those resources, they wouldn't be profitable. WWE is enormously popular, Mm -hmm. so you have to kind of weigh this between artistic merit and commercial success.
2: But I think also that's because people have been conditioned for so long to think that the Big Mac is the best hamburger in the world or that Walmart is a great shopping experience. Like, it's not true, but people have been conditioned to believe that. It's the only one. It's the only one. People. Yeah, and that's, yeah. and that's, that's what hopefully is happening now is that I don't, I love McDonald's. You know, like mm-hmm. I fucking eat that garbage all the time. And I love WWE. I love main roster stuff. I love when it's a train wreck, you know? But, you know, I like that, I want an alternative, you know? And I'm glad that now as a fan, the alternatives are at our fingertips all the time. And mm-hmm. I think, I think a lot of fans want an alternative. Like I think the more, Like, if you sat down and showed someone, like, a New Japan main event, and it's like, okay, you liked wrestling at one point. Just sit down and watch uh, Nakamura versus Ibushi from Wrestle Kingdom 9. Like, just sit down and watch this. I'm I'm sure it would hit you where all those old matches were hitting you, because it's even better than those ones were.
0: But if you're the WWE, your goal is to provide that alternative to your Big Mac audience, because you want control of everything. And I guess that's where, like... NXT is sort of like their Chipotle,
2: yeah. Where you know this or is or it's kind the of DGC to their Geffen. Sure, exactly. You know, it's their cool yes. boutique side, but mm-hmm. it's you know. But the reality is, at the end of the day, it's still Geffen. Yeah, but as a fan, I mean, if it's good, I'll take it. Yeah, me too. And I and I think NXT is amazing. I don't, yeah. I don't look at that as being the alternative, though. Like I still think it's like, you know, it's not. It always comes back to music because, as you guys can tell, I really have a limited wheelhouse in my knowledge. But, like, it's not the, you know, Epitaph or the, you know, Amrep, Amphetamine Reptile, or, or like Fat Records or Victory Records or all these other independent labels that Is it a gateway, though, to those records? I think so. Records. Yeah. So maybe that's how NXT should be Oh, looked definitely. At. I think, they, I think so, too. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. like. And I think, you know, you're talking about AJ Styles and how that made sense for him to jump. I think if AJ Styles had been on the indies, and it was this period we're in now still, I think he'd have a lot more question about whether or not he would jump and whether it would be great as a family guy to be on the road that many days a year when he can make his own schedule and be making this much money on the indies. Mm -hmm. But he had to go to the WWE to help advance the era on the indies that we're in now. Like, I think him getting there Mm -hmm. brought eyeballs to New Japan. Sure. Probably I, I, not his goal. Not no, really I don't really think it was his fan. goal at all. No, hearing yeah. <laughs> him in interviews, I don't think that was his goal. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's certainly impossible to compare, you know, a main roster top position like he has to even the the highest guy that's that's earning out there. And AJ was doing phenomenal on the yep. independent scene, uh, mixing in it, just in between New Japan tours, and that was where I, I think he really jump started this entire this this entire independent scene that you're seeing at the moment a question i think
0: that would be interesting is how would aj style's career have gone if he made the jump to the the wwe let's say around the time of cm punk you know um
2: i don't think very well because how many guys that made that jump around that time of it took brian a lot longer than it should have
1: i think i think aj i think his greatest value was getting that low ball offer after he left tna mm -hmm. and leaving tna to do New Japan and having that, what was it? Two years uh, in between TNA and WWE. I think that was so valuable for him because and had he gone there at the beginning of 2014, I, I think he would have. It, it's very hard to say. That was right at the time that you were seeing the, the Shield in, in full force, and I think he would have had a spot, but not a spot like this.
2: Yeah, and I think I think uh, you know AJ Styles, best wrestler in the world. I don't think he's Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. And I think Brian Danielson is that kind of like has that kind of mind that he got himself over. I don't know if AJ would have been able to like in TNA, like he did that Ric Flair robe thing. Like he did like all these ideas for him. Whereas I think Daniel Bryan is the guy that was able to take all the shit they gave him and still find a way to make it work for him and what he was ultimately trying to do. Mm. Like it was amazing to watch as a fan of him. And I was like a huge fan of him before, you know, cause he used our song as entrance music, but watching him kind of get into that company and kind of build this, this thing and take everything they gave him that sucked and somehow find like, well, this part will be cool. Maybe they're going to be
1: calling you up to say, Hey, we got to go through our library and redo all this commercial music. Are you, uh
2: I got my ROH contract still in this drawer right here. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They, they sent me Dan, Dan, Brian Daniels and Dan Ryan, uh, we had been in communication he's like hey could you know would you guys want to write an entrance music for me and I'm, I'm like yeah fuck yeah and then i try to convince my band my band's like uh, the american dragon and i'm like yeah he's like the best in the world and they're like uh but then he called me back he's like yeah they think the final countdown's super over so they don't want me to change my theme i'm like oh that's fine and then the hd net deal came in and he's like can you give me a song and without contacting the band i'm like yeah here you go. Here's a, here's a WAV file. That, that, caught, you know, that um, didn't cause tension, did it? A little bit of tension when oh. I'm like, guys, gather around this YouTube video. Watch him enter. Watch him enter.
0: So that, so that song will be all over the uh, Honor Club uh, videos, right? I, they, I wonder,
2: yeah. Uh, oh,
0: God. If they have the rights to it. I guess. I imagine.
2: It's a one-page contract, so I don't think it's pretty extensive. Oh, you might, <laughs> uh, you might, you might give them a I hope call. they dub it over with a band that's trying to sound like us. yeah, yeah. That would be fun. Degeneration, letting go, of my breath.
1: I want you to review a uh, Mark Andrews band, Junior. I think you should. Uh, <laughs> you
2: think I, give I like them. Listen.
1: Uh, I don't think you will like. I them. listened to them for the first time yesterday on on Two Hundred Five Live. They sound very like Good Charlotte.
0: Okay. They like, it, it, they seem completely unapologetic about being pop punk.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, that's fine. That's yeah. yeah. It's I, I
2: like, dig that kind of music inst- myself. I mean, I know Damien doesn't care for my I musical taste. I got, I got, like, I love. I love John. I like some of your musical taste. It's just when it's like, I've never heard you compliment my like, musical taste. I did one time. I was like, that song you played was really good. That How many one records here. Do
1: you uh, also own? I uh, at least the top right. We probably own the Green Day show. records. You no, own, I, dude. I don't own any vinyl. Yes, you do i gave you i have a dallas vinyl yes and that hangs if you had uh come upstairs when we were at my place you would have seen it's it's right uh on top of our i was so
2: proud when i found that i'm like i have nothing to play it on but that has a prominent spot in my house you have other records in your house your wife has some records yeah my wife has some yes Yes. they're just decoration though Okay, yeah where those that's uh, what these are i don't even listen to these wow (laughs) um uh, what were you talking about? Where, were you, where yeah. were you? Oh, we were just talking about the world changing. Well, at least you guys aren't going to blame me for being high. <laughs> look, look at – um,
1: if we're we're sitting here in a year, and I'm sure we will be. Yeah. Um, especially <laughs> if Damien gets going about uh, who he's met recently.
2: Oh, yeah, Dan O'Brien. Brian we were talking about. But I think that's the thing is I think he was the guy who oof, got a dig at the name drop thing, and I've tried so hard not to do one. That, You've been perfect. Go this. for it. Come on. <laughs> hey, we no, want... no, no, no. You got the dig on me already. It's just so right now. But no, but I think this is uh, – Brian Danielson – and and that era you know it's like amazing how everything's a contribution like cm punk needed to happen for daniel bryan to happen and daniel bryan needed to happen to set the stage for aj styles and and everyone that's kind of going now but it also that affected the indies cm punk showing up there it's like all these people were like oh mm-hmm. yeah roh you yeah. know like oh like new japan with aj and it's are you surprised punk has shown no
1: interest in being part of any of this, no, because no. this to isn't that, me isn't is that this is this is no no no. I'm not saying WWE. Oh, okay. I'm saying wrestling, uh, because I I would not peg him to jump at a chance to come back to the WWE even if this lawsuit ends amicably, which I don't think it it will be.
2: No one holds a
1: grudge. Like, this scene, everything that's happening, this was all this guy Mm -hmm. had envisioned in Mm -hmm. 2011 Mm -hmm. when he resigned. Mm -hmm. He, what, I wouldn't call him necessarily the architect of what has occurred, but, you know, he had a role in it. The catalyst. And now... I, I would say he's the nirvana of this whole thing.
2: I would say that he's definitely the nirvana. Like, he would be the...
0: That pipe bomb is. You kind of like have to do that. Like
2: it's like it's like kind of like is he the Nirvana or are we yet to see the Nirvana? And he was like the the Sex Pistols or the Sonic Youth. You know, like I still wonder if there is that next guy who's John Cena on the mic, but AJ Styles in the ring. You know, like if there's that guy out there that's like got got it. Like, and, and, and Cena's amazing, but he's still not like you know AJ Styles when it comes to wrestling. And I, I wonder if we're still going to see that one person that can can bring those those laps fans back.
1: I, I would honestly believe that if, if I was a company out there looking at who the most valuable asset is and Ken, Kenny Omega might be to most. But to me, it's the bucks are the glue of all of this that I would I think are the keys to all this stuff that is that is occurring at the moment when you, when you see what they've been able to do and. Um, I just find it interesting that, you know, from all I hear, it's like Punk has zero interest in any professional wrestling, and if anything, it looks like he's going to fight again.
2: No one is more bitter and angry than a straight-edge hardcore kid. Like, that's the thing. Like, no one can hold a grudge better than a straight-edge hardcore kid. Trust me, as an edge breaker that's sitting here smoking weed, I still have people that hate me for selling (laughs) on straight edge. And so I think Punk, to, like... Did Maybe he, he just did, his does face. Does CM Punk just need to find a bong somewhere? No, I don't know. I don't think that at all. Like, I think he's just like he's not going to forget. You know, he's not going to be like. He, you but know. it's like the anger.
1: Pro wrestling related or is it WWE related? Because I see those as two different things. This guy could be having the time of his life doing everything this guy had ever wanted to enormous money. I think that guy would be getting above Rey Mysterio money outside of WWE.
2: Have you ever seen anyone more publicly kind of acknowledging how affected they were by angry social media stuff than he did?
1: Like that, shit Ronda Rousey actually. Ronda Rousey, yeah. But like that, that I see, I see a lot of similarities between
2: those two. Yeah, maybe it's a certain type of personality that is required to kind of like. It's like if you're in their inner circle,
1: I think that they're extremely. You can do no wrong by them. But if you are not in that circle
2: and you cross them, they are dead to you. Oh yeah, and and trust me, if you're not in that inner circle and you're trying to do a cool interview, you might be dead to them too. As I found out with CM Punk. Yeah. Not an awkward,
0: that was a pretty awkward interview. <laughs> but Punk, for I, I assume right now in his mind, he still feels like... I mean, well, MMA for him is still a mountain that he has yet to
2: climb. Uh, and he, but he he won't. Like, look at all the amazing Japanese he'll wrestlers. Be Mike, he'll beat
0: Mike Jackson, mm. Yeah, I think. Maybe. Maybe. At least he has a chance. You know, I think if for, for yep. CM Punk, you at least want to get that one UFC. Isn't that dude undefeated in his
1: MMA? D- dude, these are two 0-1 fighters that may okay. have a pay-per-view. He's a journalist.
2: What's the other guy that was calling him out from England that's on Jordy Shore? Oh, yeah. I know who, who you're talking got about. like a 3-0 record.
1: I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I know who you're talking about.
2: I think like anyone who sits down and listens to a Matt Riddle interview or sees Matt Riddle talk, it's like, why would you... He, like He's telling you right now, he's choosing indie wrestling over... MMA because of, you know, and he'll straight up say why mm-hmm. it's because it, it's a really fucking brutal thing to be in MMA. It's like, you know, and if, unless you're that fighter, unless you're that guy that has to get punched in the face to feed your family or to pay your rent, are you going to be able to get punched in the face that many times? Like if you're, if you've already made a million dollars in another field, like, are you going to have that drive? Wrestling's not easy either though. Wrestling's not easy, but it's a different, you know, you don't have to get it's
0: you know, a lot more to travel.
2: Wrestling, yeah, a lot more travel, but like, you know, these guys like Riddle, you know, like Shayna Baszler, like all these people, like obviously they weren't at the top end of MMA, but you know, they, they're opting for this lifestyle.
1: I mean, pro wrestling is a real mind fuck for a lot of guys, but to me, MMA is 10 times that much more when you're talking about uh, the level of training that it involves that you are preparing for eight weeks for what could be a 30 second uh, fight. In which your job is literally on the line. You
2: can be cut after one loss. In- and if you get hurt in camp, it's over, right? Like you—that's what you're saying to me. You got fifty thousand dollars a year, but let's say you get injured before your next fight, you made fifty thousand dollars that whole year. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I would say for ninety percent of guys that identify themselves as professional mixed martial artists, it's a really hard justification of what what the intake is monetarily versus what you're putting you're into it. Oh and God. fifty
2: thousand, and you got to yeah. kill. And like that's the other thing is like at the end of the day. In wrestling, it, you're working together with your opponent to make something amazing happen. In MMA, you're trying to kill that person across from you. And they're trying to kill you. And that's the only way you're going to win is, like, you want to kill that other person more. And, like, there's rules. I'm not saying it's barbaric because I watch it, too. Not as much as, as John does, of course. But, like, I I, I can see the, the art and the enjoyment of people getting and why they like it. But you'll watch the it, next punk fight should it happen? I'd watch that fight. You know because but it's more out of uh, I'm cheering for him I'm not a
1: hater on him, hey, I want to see him I, win. of what we just labeled about the mental exhaustion that MMA is gonna provide you I give this guy all the credit in the world oh, that yeah. he's willing to go through this again
2: yeah how I many mean, people said he wouldn't he wasn't gonna make it through a camp
1: uh plenty I mean the fact that this guy's stuck to this he's not making any money in MMA. they, like, they don't he,
2: they don't pay him well like to get him over there. He's not, unless he fights, he's not getting paid. Oh, they don't have downsides at all? No, they um, don't have any of that stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, down-
1: like
0: when he does fight, it'll be pretty good, but... It'll be he, sizable. He's not hurting. Yeah. But, but yeah, otherwise, I don't Would know. Would
2: he get, like, Reebok money? Like, was Reebok paying? Anything,
0: maybe Pro Wrestling Tees
2: money. Again, no, it's... No, yeah, I imagine he's definitely making a pretty good chunk of that. It's like,
1: man. if you're not fighting, it's like, there's, there's not, like, money coming in. Like, he might have yeah. a few little sponsorships outside or stuff like that, but it's... Like, this is not a super lucrative position if you're not fighting regularly. But if you're punk, again, like, that's not something he's
0: probably all that concerned about no. right now. He, it just seems like he, he's set his mind on doing this one thing and that's being, yeah, quote unquote successful in MMA. And what that success means to him is, uh, you know, who knows, probably
1: a win. And that's kind of a, like, when we're talking about <clears throat> it, it's, yeah, money is clearly not a massive, uh, problem in that guy's life or something he, cares for, but think of what that guy has turned down in the last four years. Oh God. I'm sure way north of seven figures. When you combine the offers, this guy has gotten from every fly by night organization that has, some some money guy behind them, or reputable places that would kill to have this guy show up and do a promo, forget a match. Yeah, yeah. and he's turned everything down. I'm sure has been nothing. Looking,
0: I'm sure Punk's looking at like this Jericho run in New Japan, and yeah, I, that I, was his. I yeah. wonder if he's thinking. It's always there for him, though.
2: That's the thing. Yeah, and he and and you know the thing about MMA is he's, it's keeping him in shape. You know, he's, you're not going to have to worry about him coming back and being like rusty, like. Obviously, wrestling is a different thing, but he's—he looks amazing. He's keeping, you know, weight off. Hopefully, his striking in wrestling will look a bit better. Striking in wrestling yeah. probably looks a little bit better now. Yeah, he definitely knows what it's like to be striked now. Yes, in a very real way, not mm-hmm. by Teddy Hart. So,
1: who's more likely to have a match in the next two years? Brian Danielson, CM Punk, or both? Whoa, two or, years? Two years? I'll put it, Brian Danielson I, for me.
2: I, you know, and, and you know what? It's weird. I think that All In show is—is going to be kind of a factor too. Like, if that thing does, if that thing does huge business, like, we're talking about a $10,000, a 10,000 seat independent show, you know, like, why wouldn't you leave? you know, if you want to wrestle or why wouldn't you come back and just do that one show, especially in Chicago.
1: Well, the thing is though, that show it's a few weeks before his deal is up. So I don't no, think it's possible. No, I don't think he's
2: coming, but I mean, if it does well, and they do another right. One and the then next they year, do, so, yeah. which
1: they would, I think almost certainly do. And to me, that's one of the most interesting shows of the year, because if that does really well, if you're the young bucks, their deals are up at the end of the year with new Japan and ring of honor. So that's going to be interesting. And foregoing the WWE option Do these guys look at, do we, have we reached a level where we can do this on our own? Are we willing to undertake something where we are the promoters? We are no longer just the, the middleman or do you want some of that security of having a, a big company behind you?
2: And I think being the elite has shown that they have talents and creative vision outside of that ring Mm -hmm. that could lend itself to them having their own show and taking this on the road and touring it. Like, you know. Like what's a more
1: relevant show today for pro wrestling programming, being the elite or impact? Oh. Oh God. <laughs> I think that... It's no question. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I'm saying is that here, here is a, a show that is designed for 2018 yeah. Yeah. consumption yeah. Yeah. versus one that I think they don't know they don't know how to reach this audience yet. And that's going to be the biggest issue in 2018 is because I watched that show and I just see a lot of, this was 10 years ago booking. This yeah. is 10 years ago, how we present pro wrestling. And they understand that these names are popular. These people connect with the audience. Let's just bring them here and throw them out. And you're, you're missing something in the translation of why a Trevor Lee can go out in PWG and he's treated like, The most overheal in the world. We put him in our setting and he's, he's a guy on the roster. Mm -hmm.
2: I think also it's like pretty clear now that the number two isn't ROH. Number two certainly isn't impact anymore. And the number two is not New Japan. It's the elite and the bullet club. Like that's the number two. Like you take them out of New Japan. Obviously in Japan, it's still (laughs) New Japan. But I mean, in America, you take the bullet club out of there. You take all those, the elite out of there. I don't think it's that popular. And you think, definitely, you take that out of- New Japan, you're saying? Yeah, I'm thinking if you take those guys out of there, like that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Young Bucks, Omega specifically, out of Ring of Honor, out of there, out of Hangman Page, Cody Rhodes too, you take them out of these companies, I don't think those companies are nearly as popular as they are with those guys in it. So I think those guys are really the number two, and wherever they go, that will be the number two.
0: Stateside, yeah, it would be a huge blow to New Japan. But like, New Japan, I think, like, has such a great infrastructure that they could make
1: a new star, new stars, very different yeah. from obviously the yeah. Bucks and yeah. Kenny. But I think the, was, the lots I, of Styles
2: and Nakamura and Gato's booking after that was unbelievable. Yeah, they, they they build people up, and I'm not saying sorry. I meant to specifically, um, in America, in North America. No, 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 you're right. I I don't. Um,
1: you know, I I still think they would have success here, but you're right. It would be a big blow to yeah. not have um those those performers with them. And I'm also curious as well where the more and more New Japan is making their inroads here. Um, the relationship with Ring of Honor. Now you have competing streaming services, competing live events, and mm. how much are they going to work hand-in-hand to each other? When New Japan is sending their talent to work X amount of ROH shows a year, how many of those shows could just be strictly under a New Japan banner that we could be running? I mean, how... Yeah. Like, I, I've been amazed that this partnership has lasted and been as, as successful for both sides uh, as it has been because... Wrestling history dictates that it gets very hard when you have two cooks in the kitchen trying to work together.
2: Why do you think CMLL hasn't had that New Japan-like success in America yet, given especially the population of Spanish-speaking people in America? I think it's a
1: combination of just – like, it's weird because CMLL is not so inaccessible. that You you can watch their Friday night shows. You can follow the product. I don't know –
2: and they've got great talent. They've got unbelievable wrestlers on the top end, like, that can put on these shows, They put on spots that you think indie fans would be clamoring over in a way that they do stuff from New Japan, but it just doesn't seem to connect.
1: Forever. Well, I'd say not so much for AAA, and definitely not no. for the crash, but for CMLL, I think as well, like, they... I don't know how badly they're looking to make an inroads into yeah. the U.S. I mean, they have a partnership with with New Japan that they'll do their Fantastica Mania tours with and share talent. But I don't see a really an aggressive approach on them to even penetrate this market. Um, so, but you're right. I mean, it's a complete gulf in terms of the difference between the two. And when you're talking about North American promotions, that's when you have to include CMLL and AAA, mm-hmm. which, I mean, are – institutions in those countries
0: is it missing a kenny omega you know like is it missing a crossover star yeah you're right maybe
1: maybe that's it i mean they have buzz every year for the anniversary show i think that's you know the kind of tentpole for them each year where an audience that is aware of cmll actually checks in on the product but i mean uh, for my myself like not following a ton of it it comes down to just time for me but i think it's certainly a product that i feel it could be marketed and presented better than it is oh, to yeah. to
2: non-Spanish-speaking audiences. They don't even run outside of Mexico City in Mexico. I mean, they don't do tours.
1: Uh, I mean, like, they have, yeah, their, their arena, which they yeah. own, and that's kind of
2: their, their go-to spot. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Cool place to see wrestling. You've been? Yeah, one uh, not any of the time shooting the show. It was actually one time Fucked Up played there, and... Mm. I went out with some local friends of mine that I knew down there to smoke some weed, and we're at an apartment, and I'm like, oh, I, I would love to be able to one day go to Arena Mexico. They're like, oh, CML, has the show tonight? And it was Tanahashi in the main event, but I had to go back and play a show, so I missed it. Oh, man. I was so fucking pissed. I saw Ultra Puma beat Damas, though, and, the, and it was just, like, super loud. People were, like, really into it. It was such a fun environment. There's so many great arenas for wrestling in Mexico, too. It's like... I don't know given how popular wrestling is it's it's only a matter of time I think before hopefully you see one of those companies kind of straighten up. Triple A doesn't seem to be doing that. How, how much uh, penetration does WWE have down there? Rey Mysterio has penetration. Yeah. Like I would say like the same thing we're saying like I was the argument I was trying to make for the Bullet Club mm-hmm. in America. I would say Rey Mysterio is beyond that down there. Like you right. see his mask everywhere. For yeah. a guy who barely wrestled in there until recent years, he is like an icon yeah like it's yeah it's really amazing how important he is to to people and mm-hmm. like you, how often you see his mask and but then there's like santo too right but i think el santo but there's no other real penetration from the wwe you see odd bootleg stuff there but it's not as like part of the culture hmm. you know, it's like in japan yeah exactly yeah
1: what do you have coming up in the, any traveling or are you, have you guys, fit, t- tell us a bit about the show we yeah. were just Are watching. we allowed
2: to talk about this oh, we yeah. can is talk is it under embargo? No, we can talk about the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like, especially here. Um, okay. I, cause like, you know, let's be honest, like this is yeah. where I got my, uh, my entry into the world of wrestling. So it's kind <laughs> of like, so I've seen it up
0: here on Vice. It's already started to air here and there. I I don't know
2: about that. Oh, really?
0: (laughs) Maybe I'm not allowed to say that. Yeah,
2: I don't know about that.
0: I was just surfing through the channels, and I happened to find it at, like, 5 a.m. I I don't know. Vice Canada. (laughs) Maybe it was a beta test. (laughs) Oh, is that? Anyway, I've seen it. I've seen several episodes. (laughs) It is fucking amazing. Oh, thank you, yeah, Thank you, Like,
1: I can't wait for the world to see it. I'm going to say this right now as someone that has no connection to Vice. If they don't market the hell out of this and target like a wrestling audience. And I just, it will be criminal if people don't see this. And I'm saying that completely honest. like, like this is a show. This is like parts unknown for wrestling fans. Like this is like, if you see this, it's unlike any kind of pro wrestling show or documentary documentary, you will have seen, and that's only yeah. seeing snippets I of think, it. like, Wrestling with
0: Shadows, Beyond the Mat, those have kind of set the stage for, like, the standard of professional wrestling documentary, and I would say over the past, like, 20 years, so many people have tried to, like, do that and tried to find the next evolution of, like, the wrestling documentary, and it's, like, the behind-the-scenes thing has been done to death, you know, by, like, even, like, working, uh, uh, John and I working at the Fight Network, like, um... That thing's been done to death, but like you managed to find just uh, so many different angles to professional wrestling that, that you're going to talk about on this show that I think uh, wrestling fans, longtime wrestling fans like, like John and I had no idea
2: existed. Well, that means a lot, yeah. obviously coming from you guys because I have listened to you guys talk for hours. And when I was making this show, I was listening to you guys talk for hours yeah. wherever I was in the world. Like, um, I think, you know, like, obviously, this is something that I've wanted to do for a really long time, and I've been trying to get Vice to do it for a really long time. But I think it really came down to being, I lucked out, and I got teamed up with these these Salazar people, which is Jeff and, and Nathan mm-hmm. and Yuji and, and Colin and Grady and Sarah, who are researchers. And it was just like, they were wrestling fans. Right. But I just—they just got it, you know. They got it in a way that I was like so nervous, and I don't know if everyone who wasn't a fan would have gotten it. I have no idea how you would have found some of these stories, like
0: like just to kind of give people a glimpse. Like Damien found these, or the—I don't know if you found them or like people. On the no, show I got your friend,
2: them? Sarah and Grady. Also, okay. were like out, like you know, like like they took the pitch document that I made. And we started researching them, and some of the ideas couldn't happen, but they found yeah. ideas that were like, oh, yeah, well, here's this other thing that's way better than your idea. Like, I wanted to go to uh, – I wanted to look at wrestling in Nigeria because, um, I, you know, there's all the stories. And and it was became very clear that that was not going to be feasible because, mm-hmm. you know, all the stories you hear. But then they were like, but we did find this thing uh, in the Democratic Republic of Congo in Kinshasa called Witch Catch. Which catch? Which catch? Yeah, and you that just showed us a bit of a. Preview. That's what I showed you, uh, and it was. It this is,
1: is a, a byproduct of Carl Gotch, mm-hmm. and
2: <laughs> well, it is which catch is. by it is. That's the thing about all of this: is it all, it all connects, uh-huh. you know, and you can trace a linear mm-hmm. history of wrestling in the same way you could trace a linear history of jazz music going around the world, or you could trace a linear history of of hip hop going around the world. Mm-hmm. Like you can see. How this spread, and you can see, like, oh, Trusso's free jazz. It's exactly as, like as you. But, like, it. who would
0: have thought that a wrestling ring would even exist in the Congo? Much less be like such a
2: popular thing. A wrestling ring is the key word. There. One wrestling. There's ring. one, oh, and okay. it's owned by one guy, and all the federations have to share it. Wow. Um, yeah, like it's that's the other thing you realize here is the a level of privilege. Um, Fans have, obviously. So Vince should have done with WrestleMania week. It's like any of these other promotions. We have one ring. If he ran Kinshasa, yeah. it would be Rome a million-person show. Like, it would be... like uh, how, wrestling. How much, is is how much ahead, though? Well, that's the thing. Is there's not a there's lot, not of, a lot of disposable There's income. not a lot of disposable income. And that's the reality about wrestling everywhere, is that it's the sport of people and the people. Like, it's... You go to Mexico, it's it's the working class that are, are in these shows. You go to Bolivia, and it's like the poor... Uh, Cholita women that were coming there and seeing Cholita women wrestle in the ring, you know, it's like everywhere you go, the even cr- in Japan, it's like people that work every day that are going there to blow off steam yeah. by mm-hmm. seeing a death match or seeing a Joshi match. The Cholitas episode.
0: Uh, by the way, the show is called The
2: Wrestlers. The Wrestlers, yeah. Uh,
0: premier date to be determined. To be date. Okay. TBD. But but uh, the, the maybe episode- maybe we can acquire the rights to it. <laughs> oh, well, be sure. amazing. Uh, but uh, the Cholitas episode, like. It this it, it, it the story is that these are women who have been um yeah, who suffered domestic abuse mm-hmm. uh, traditionally and they're using professional wrestling as a means to tell the story of the women fighting back against the men. So in these matches, they are having these women dressed up as like housewives in traditional kind of like cholita dress. Yeah. And they're fighting men. And it starts off, obviously, with the men as a heel. They're heating... Uh, the, the men are beating the women. Legit, too. Like, and it's the, it's it's stiff. And the women are coming back. Yeah. Like, and just, like, winning the matches. And you see, like, this crowd go crazy. And, like, to me, that's a concept that's just, like, we're still years behind. Like, the, I guess maybe it's a, a bit taboo in North America. But, like, professional wrestling, I don't feel, like, has reached that level of... Um,
2: maybe, uh, I don't know, general importance that, like, you see. Well, I don't know about that way. Like, we're, we have a wrestling hall of famer as the president of the United States right now. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's amazing. And also, if you think about Donald Trump, if you look at the demographics of The Apprentice Mm -hmm. and you look at who he was as a celebrity and a cultural figure prior to his WrestleMania run, it's, it's for the elite. The demographics for The Apprentice was that it was very culturally diverse, definitely a, a higher spending demographic, very urban. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania is when he got introduced to his base. That's but, when he learned to work that crowd, too. I suppose what I mean is that people in North America aren't using professional
0: wrestling as that type of art form to t- send a message like what
2: what the Cholitas are doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they they are. It just doesn't happen to be for the side that I think we we agree with. So what does what does that mess? Well, I think that if you look at for years, WWE was a propaganda tool. Like you know, you know, like look at the Iraq War, look at look at the Gulf War. So look at how it was presented. Look at look at Billy and Chuck. Look at all these things that for years, like it has been political. It hasn't been for a side that that I necessarily support, you know. But it it was political, hmm. and I think now we're seeing it. You know, now they're they're kind of playing down the politics because obviously it's super divisive, but. Linda's still in the cabinet, you know. Vince has got this XFL thing, you know, where everyone's going to be forced to stand. Undertaker's taking photos with, I won't kneel for the anthem sweatshirts or things like that. You know, it's like, it is a political organization. It's just maybe not pulling in the same way that it is everywhere else in the world. If it, if it makes money, and yeah. if people are going to pay a ticket to see it, then
0: I suppose, yeah, anything is
1: game. So with the series, I guess is, uh, can we direct people anywhere? Is there a time period or is this all kind of, this is we'll, we'll keep up. people
2: posted coming up.
1: Uh, Cause yeah. we definitely want to have you back to like do oh, some companion have, shows to. because I, I think to. Uh, to have this access to you to take us behind the scenes of these shows is phenomenal.
2: It was, yeah, I can't wait for people to see it. Like I really, I've been very fortunate to be involved in a lot of creative projects and I've been proud of a lot of things I've worked on and like, not like this. This yeah, is something-
1: people need to see this. This is up there to me. It's uh this series the Moral Ronaldo documentary that has not been released yet. And of course, I want to see that. The Lost Jim Ross interview. I mean, these are things yes. that
2: uh, <laughs> have just been lost in wrestling history. No, this is coming out. This will definitely come out. This is going to be a big thing when it comes out. Great. Um, I mean, big thing. <laughs> I mean, they're going to, people will know when it's coming out. And I will definitely, even if I'm running around uh, shouting from the rooftops to get people to watch it.
1: But there's a scene you showed us where you get in front of a throng of people and by throng i mean hundreds yeah. and it's unbelievable like you're out of your mind it's crazy <laughs> it like means like borat that's what i, thought, I don't have weed
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, so it's... we'll definitely have you back when we can chat oh, about this uh, further and, and dive deep and if i can get one more plug in of course i gotta plug that robbie brookside have a book coming out no. or <laughs> signing anywhere no but it does weirdly relate to robbie oh I will be going out for the Suburban Fight Show to resident in Los Angeles on February 25th. Cool. To be doing some ring announcing. The main event is, of course, the black flag of pro wrestling. If CM Punk might be the Nirvana, I will say that this person is the black flag. And that's Matt Cross versus the aforementioned Brody King in a no-ring match, where there's going to be hardcore bands in between. Kikotaro's on the card, Jeff Cobb on the card, Darby Allin's on the card. I'm going to be doing some ring announcing. But before that, turn out a Punk... We'll be doing a live podcast, and it's going to be the Punk Wrestling Connection. I'm finally going to make this real and have an opportunity to kind of get a bunch of punk people on stage, a bunch of wrestling people on stage, wow. and do a live podcast. Oh, that would be great. Do you have any guests lined up yet? Or uh, they- uh, Nathan from Waves, uh, Anthony from Ceremony, uh, Brody King, mm-hmm. uh, working out, trying to get a mutual friend of ours on the show, Uh and uh, a mutual friend of upcoming guests on keep it 2000 Jordans as well oh cool um working on getting some other people on the show uh, as well I got a lot of other people coming to announce but just kind of firming everything up but yeah it's gonna be yeah a dream kind of a conversation for me. Wow. And well, that's Damien's podcast turned out a punk. Yeah, us. it turned out a punk, but we're doing a live one. Resident, if you're in the Los Angeles area or fly out, you know, we all talk about all the wrestling fans of disposable income. It's a cool wrestling show, too. Well, thank you for allowing us into your, your wonderful museum
1: slash home. This has been phenomenal. Uh, this has been a fun roundtable. I well, think
2: this is like for, you know, this is like the equivalent of me having apartment wrestling. This is where I get to pay for the entertainment that I would love to listen to anyway. So it's like, you know, it's like augmented reality podcast right now. Okay, well, you've just made this uh,
1: slightly uncomfortable. So we're going to end there. It- Can I show you guys the shrine I built to you? Uh, the no. shrine? That's going to be... It kind of looks like a shrine where me and Wei uh, record. Like when you watch
2: the video, like with all the pictures on the wall. I will say that one... I Definitely. And I will say that also... I think Way found out the other night that I'm on the saner side of musician fans that are <laughs> massive are fans about? of live audio wrestling. No,
0: no, there's something that, uh, no, not at all. You I mean, guys alluded I, it to the show on the show the other day. I, I, no, like, all you guys are like super incredible, incredibly passionate about what you're passionate about. Whether it be music or, uh,
2: live audio wrestling. Pl- or rest in yes. peace, post wrestling now. Yes. Plants. Right. Plants, plant matter. They weren't as passionate about plant matter, Plants. believe me. No one wanted to smoke weed with me as much as they wanted to talk to Way about oh my God. you. About and, me. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, that's great. Well, uh, I've got some coffee that I'm going to be trying out uh, this week, courtesy of our man Stavros. So we're going to check that out. Yep. And Damien's going to... Uh, Take care of himself. 60% less smoke coming out. And that is it for us. Thanks for listening to The Roundtable. And we will chat with you Monday night for
2: Rewind to Raw. As if they don't have too much on the plate. The King of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Way, They sit down with their friend Damien A. And talk about wrestling today. The Roundtable. The Roundtable. The Roundtable. The Roundtable. He's oh. the professional. There you go.